0: Would you open God's precious holy word to John chapter 11. There is a theme here that can certainly connect us with the emotions of Mother's Day. I'm 70 years old. (laughs) I know that's a shock for most of you. Half of you thought I was 82 and the other half didn't care. But uh, 70 years old and this is my first Mother's Day without my mother. I recall as a boy, and this, this isn't done I don't guess anymore, Somewhere the tradition was lost along the way. My daddy would come in on Saturdays before Mother's Day with a, looked like a box lid, and it had all these carnations, what were they? Corsages and carnations, right? What a little boy would wear, yeah. Boutonniere, boutonniere, sounds uh, like a bad word. Um, so since it sounds like a bad word, I'm going to say it again. Boutonniere, boutonniere, Um uh, get away with it. <laughs> well, I had, there was my two brothers older and my sister and myself, of course, mother and daddy. And many times my grandmother was with us on mother's day. And so daddy made sure that we all had the appropriately colored flower. Red, mama was still alive. White, mama was dead. And I guess looking back on those things, I, I, I miss those uh, traditions, I suppose, in some ways. I, I wouldn't... Now, it it's, uh, would be the first year that I would have worn a white carnation It, uh, it's an emotional thing to think about. And it used to be an expression. My mother is still living or my mom has passed away. Everybody, and everybody in church wore those things, you know. Mother would have a corsage. Grandmother, my daddy made sure that she had her corsage as well. And we would go to Mother's Day service, but not until somebody... Pinned that thing on my lapel. I couldn't stand it back then. I just couldn't stand it. I had to wear that stinking thing all during Sunday service. I'd give anything if I had one more time like that, though, you know? First year that I'd have to wear a white one. But it is Christ and His love, His love of families. That comforts us, and such a thing is given, and we can't do the whole thing in one message. It's such a, it's kind of a lengthy narrative, and there are so many things happening along the way. But it is the story of Lazarus. And as I studied for this, I thought, you know, nothing more appropriate could be said on Mother's Day than for us just to study the love of Christ for believing families. Perfect illustration here. Beginning in verse one, now a certain man was ailing, he was sick. A certain man. This is the only account in the Bible, in John's gospel, of the raising of Lazarus. Now Mark, let's see, Mark talks about Jairus' daughter who fell sick and then died but was fairly immediately raised up from her little deathbed by Christ. There was a funeral procession in Luke's gospel. The widow of Nain, her only son had died. Christ came upon the funeral procession And raised that young man from the dead. But this one is different. Those two hadn't been dead very long. And there's something to keep in mind of the Jewish theology, which was a strong tradition. And they don't get it from the scriptures. It was just a traditional thing among the Jewish mindset. And it was this, that the spirit... The departed spirit of the deceased hovered about the corpse for two days. And then after the third day, the, or upon the third day and thereafter, the spirit would no longer hover and would be gone. You kind of keep that in mind. And of course, you know the story of Lazarus and you know you know where that's headed, right? A certain man. He was a common guy. The the village of Bethany. Bethany means the village or house of poverty. Probably appropriately fits the people who lived there including Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha. Just a common guy. Just did what he could do in his life. Never made any big splash anywhere. Lived in a Commonplace of impoverished people, and they did what they could do to get by. A little family. But the greater context when you study all about the three of them, you come to realize they were, and the Bible says so, we'll see it much later in another sermon here, that they're believers in Christ. Christ knew them, He had stayed in their home. But the Holy Spirit, first of all, introduces us to Lazarus as a certain man. Why, if I'd lived in that dead, it could have been me, or it could have been you. Or if Christ was here today, in physical ministry, it could be me, or could be just a common person. He was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, of the village of Mary and Martha, her sister, Now, John helps us to understand how Christ was acquainted with his family. Now, Mary was the one having anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and having wiped his feet with her hair. It was their brother, Lazarus, who was sick. Now, go back up to the anointing of the oil and the wiping with the hair. As I said, this was... Apparently, a family of a lower class. They lived in a village of lower class people. But the story, and we will see that we've seen it in other gospels, but we'll see it later in this gospel. But John just brings it up to memory so that we'll understand who Lazarus is. But the fragrant oil was expensive. And this young woman so loved Christ that she took a large portion and did something that otherwise she could not have afforded, but she gave it all to Christ. Not just that, she humbled herself before Christ and wiped his feet with her hair. It was their brother, Lazarus, who was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Now consider the word here, love. I have the Greek word up there in bold and underlined as well. Phileis, it comes from phileo. And it means fraternal, family, friendship, love. It's, It's a common human bond. It's 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 the kind of love that you would expect that I would have for my children, my wife, my mom, my dad. It's a, it's a human bond of love that connects you to those who are part of your life, whom, you know, Philes, Phileo. This is how the sisters address Jesus Christ. Now, you'll note, they don't ask him to do anything they just want him to be aware that Lazarus whom you love is sick obviously the implication is he's he's deathly sick else they would not have contacted Christ Jesus but Jesus gets the notification and he takes it to his heart, of course. Now, I want us to notice two main things out of it. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff here. But there are two main things about this, this scenario, this event, that we should learn from this text. Then having heard, Jesus said, and this is the first thing. This sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God that the son of God may be glorified by it. This, isn't this, this is why Lazarus is sick. He's not sick because he slept in a cold rainy night with his feet hanging out the window or he's not sick because he was around people who were sick. He is sick Because it is the purpose of God to glorify his son in the sickness of Lazarus. May we understand that all is to the glory of God. So then Christ says to his disciples, this sickness is not unto death. He's sick for the glory of God. Not unto death. Now here's here's the beautiful truth. There will be death. But there is not death. (laughs) Only those who are in Christ really can grasp that. Death is meaningless to those of us. Who are in Christ. But Christ says. This sickness is not unto death. Now this is a greater teaching. The, the greater context here is going to be a. Very significant teaching for his. Disciples. This is on Saturday. Before Palm Sunday. So this is Saturday and tomorrow. If you put yourself in that setting. Tomorrow is Palm Sunday. And then. Friday following is his crucifixion. They're going to experience this on Saturday before Christ is crucified on Friday, his disciples. Whatever it is, it's to the glory of God, and for those who are in Christ Jesus, it's never unto death, as you may think of death, Now look at the word loved again. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Agape. agape. It's, a, it's, the, it's the agape word. All right? Loved. Agape. This is divine love. Now when she described the love that Jesus had for her family and for Lazarus, the sisters that is, they described his love as this Natural warm affection, family affection. But when the Holy Spirit, through the pen of John, describes the love that Christ has for his own, it's the word for divine love. It's a love that goes beyond anything you could imagine. The as folks call it appropriately, the agape love. This is the word that's used to describe the true love that Jesus has for this. A family in an impoverished village, sickness has invaded, Lazarus is extremely ill, they are personal friends, they have a relationship with Christ. Personal relationships with Christ, he's their friend. They are his friends He knows where they live. It's nothing special. There's nothing special about those people other than this, which is the greatest thing of all. They are in Christ, they have a personal relationship with Christ. Therefore, when he heard that he was sick, he remained where he was two days. It's okay because this sickness is for the glory of God. Two days. Christ is in control. He's on a divine timetable. Nothing can stop it. We're going to see more about that here in just a second. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. (laughs) Okay. We flip back up to chapter 10 and chapter... We go back up earlier before John 11. And remember, John 11 and on, the rest of John's gospel deals with the last week of Christ, of his physical, earthly ministry. Here, after two days, he received the message. After two days, he says, let's go to Judea again. Well... He missed getting stoned by that much. The Jewish leaders hated him. They're out to get him. They're conspiring, even as all of this happens, they're conspiring to kill him. And of all things, Jesus says, hey guys, let's go back into Judea. Well, here was their response. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, just now the Jews were seeking to stone you and you're going there? It's a silly thing to think that you can give advice to God. You can't do it. He never makes a mistake. He doesn't have an eraser on his pen. And the word oops is not in his vocabulary. It is perfectly ordained everything, because He is sovereign and all powerful, and there is not one whit of my existence or the existence of anybody else who has ever lived or whoever will live that can insert something that isn't part of the divine and sovereign will of God. None no, of, not any of us. That's why we repose in faith, and we rest in our Sabbath, who is Christ. He's he's all about it. Now, Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he stumbles not because he sees the light of this world. But But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. This is an ancient. This is an old proverb that was fairly common. And here's what it means: You have ordained by God for you a predetermined amount of time, and in that amount of time, you walk. Because the time comes when you can't walk anymore. It's the day. It is the day that God has ordained for us. Immediately, the meaning is this. Guys, Jesus would say to his disciples, nothing can keep me From the ordained purpose of my life. Nothing. No enemy can shorten it. No friend can lengthen it. Because it is fixed by God. Christ is saying my father has fixed my ministry. I could say that. About any of us. We have this fixed time. You won't add a day to it. You won't take a day away from it. Nobody else ever can either. You walk in that day and you won't stumble. And this is the day that I must walk, is what Jesus says to his disciples. Because God is going to be glorified by the sickness of Lazarus. There could be 10 million Jews with rocks in their hands, it doesn't matter. Nothing will happen to Christ until when he goes to the garden and the presence of the Father begins to withdraw that the sins of Christ's own might be visited upon him so that finally and ultimately, according to the covenant made between the Father and the Son from before the foundation of the world, he would carry my sins because I'm in Christ. And if you're in Christ, your sins and my death and your death to the cross and they would be buried and he would bring me out from that grave in resurrection so that the same resurrection that he experienced social my physical body experienced nothing is going to stop what God has foreordained For his glory. Nothing. So Christ says look. I have been ordained this day. In which I walk. And I will not stumble. So then. What he must do. Is demonstrate his power. Especially to his disciples. And to those who love him. His power over death. That death is meaningless. This this is going to be very important. I've often wondered... I'm not going to go there. It'll take too long. So then, the whole thing is to the glory of God. He said these things, and after this he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Now Christ at that point during those two days... Obviously had known that Lazarus died, but I go that I may awaken him. Therefore, his disciples said, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll get well. What do they tell you? You know, when you're sick, get plenty of rest, right? Get plenty of rest. Well, Lazarus did that and he died. You know, I don't know. So they're thinking that, well, he probably needs rest, right? He's fallen asleep. He'll get well. But Jesus had spoken of his death. But they thought that he spoke of the rest of sleep. Dummies. How long have they been with Christ and they still can't pick up on these special things? So here's what Jesus did. He said to them plainly, guys, he's dead. Lazarus has died. The first lesson that we should get is that. The sickness of Lazarus was for the glory of God. The second lesson is this Christ was glad that he died so that he could shore up the faith, especially of his disciples. There's nothing that can conquer Christ, not even his own death. Lazarus has died, and I rejoice for your sakes that I was not there in order that you may believe. But let us go to him. Therefore, Thomas, called Didymus, that means the twin. He had a twin brother, or a twin, not a brother or sister, well, it's in the masculine, I guess it was a brother, said to his fellow disciples, let us go also that we may die with him. (laughs) He's thinking that Jesus is just gonna walk into his death and die. And so he's calling out to the other disciples, let's go and die with him. Well, it was a nice thing to say, but this is not the purpose of God. And they're going to find this out. Now I want to bring this back around to maybe the centerpiece of the text we look at today, which is just part of a greater context. It goes on into, of course, the raising of Lazarus. But it is the love of Christ for his own. When we get on further down in this text in a week or two, God willing, Christ will experience grief because his friend had died. He felt the grief of the sisters and with divine empathy. And sympathy. He grieved over the death of Lazarus. He died. He he cried because Lazarus had died. But he has the power to know, with all of his love for his own, he has the power to know. This is death, but this is not the end of it. I'm reminded, of course, of my mother on Mother's Day and of so many others, and I'm sure many of you are reminded of so many as well. He felt the warmth of their friendship. Obscure to the world, he knew them, he knew them intimately. Their names wouldn't mean anything to anybody had their names not been recorded in the blessed and holy word of God. This is, this is all that's said about Lazarus. It's a common name. The name in, it's written in the Old Testament. The name in the Old Testament is Eliezer. Very common name. Mary and Martha, very common names. I don't know how many Marys there are in the, what, that are mentioned in the New Testament. I have to stop and think. Miriam, Moses' sister, that was Mary. That's Mary in the Old Testament. These are common names, common people who struggle to get by. They do all they can do to live according to what the world gives them as a means of living. One of them gets sick and Christ knows it. He's intimately connected with his own and Christ declares, there's death. But that's not the end of it. And only Christ could say that. No one else could say that for me, or for you, or for our moms, our dads, and all the others who have passed on. Only Christ could enter into this beautiful relationship. There is no more, in the whole context of the scripture, well, I'm so we can't fill it finish the whole thing today but in the whole story there is no greater display of the person of the Christ with the fullness of both his humanity and his deity on display. The brokenness of his heart the tears from his eyes the weeping for his dead friend the care he has for those who remain And the attention that he gives to the one who is in the tomb, his mighty, his almighty knowledge and love. He loved them. You know what the Bible will say? I think it's in John 13. We're going to get there one of these days. He loved his own. And having loved his own, he loved them to the end. That's us. We hurt. Christ knows he has experienced every kind of thing that you and I can experience. That's what what the book of Hebrews says. Even the temptation, he knows who is our great high priest. Standing in our stead in heaven, it is Christ Jesus. Who knows everything that we experience, the temptations, the flaws, the falters, The emotions, the sadness, the happiness, the gladness, the anger. He has it all within himself. He carries us upon the breastplate that is his, the high priest in heaven. He knows. And because I'm in Christ, all of those things have been taken care of by the mighty Christ. The imperfections, the uglinesses, the grief, the broken hearts the things that we've done to people, the things that people have done to us, but we are in Christ. And we have one who pleads our cause and he knows what it is to cry for those who are loved. He knows what it is to rejoice. And only he knows that he carries all of everything about my life because I am in Christ by faith. Only he can bring it all up to himself and upon himself and put it away on the cross and bury it in the tomb. Sins separated from us as far as the east is from the west and he will not remember them again. so that at last when I'm in his presence, I will know that he has cleansed everything that was wrong and has raised me in glory and in righteousness. Because he has intimately been connected with me, may I say it, before the foundation of the world. Only Christ can do that. As the story will go, we'll get to it, God willing. He's not dead. He just sleeps. It's okay. The powerful, powerful statement. Jesus will make a few verses down. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes on me Though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he proves it by calling Lazarus out from the grave. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he came into this world to save sinners. Acknowledging yourself to be a sinner if you're not in Christ, then if you will admit that you're a sinner, confess it, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our only Savior, and call upon Him to save you, because we are told, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, then God is bound by His word. To bring you to himself and place you in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Baptizing us into his body and filling us with that spirit and causing us to be born again. In just a moment we'll stand and be dismissed. If, you're come, if you've come here today without Christ, but the call of God is upon your life to come to be saved We have deacons and wives, as you exit this door, we have deacons and wives standing in the doorways of a couple of rooms. You'll see them just as you exit. They are prepared to speak with you and to pray with you. Maybe you're here, you're already a Christian, and God is leading you into this fellowship at Shiloh. They are prepared to pray and speak with you about that as well. So may God grant that opportunity today. So while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, would you prayerfully stand all over this room and we'll be dismissed from this service.